Welcome to the Padres Post Game Show on the Padres Radio Network. Coming up, we'll deliver a full recap of today's game with highlights. Plus, we'll take you down to the manager's office to hear from Bob Melvin. And we'll give you an update on scores from around Major League Baseball. The Padres Post Game Show starts now on the Padres Radio Network. Here's the pitch from Hayter. That one's muscled in the air to right. Fernando charging in, makes a right turn, makes the catch, and the ball game is over. Josh Hader comes on to close it out, his 31st save of the year, and the Padres have swept the Rockies. They have won seven in a row and eight of their last nine. The Padres are hot. A 3-2 win against the Colorado Rockies as the Padres sweep this three-game series. They've now won seven in a row, and the Padres are rolling. Here in the month of September, Padres with the win improved to 75-78. and 78. Rockies with the defeat dropped to 56-96. and 96. Sam Levitt with you here in our post-game coverage from inside the loft at the Western Metal Building here at Petco Park. Another good win Josh, for the Padres. That- here tonight and uh, we'll hear that josh Hader interview coming up in just a matter of moments so stay tuned for that go one-on-one with Hader down on the field right after the game after he picks up save at number 31 so we'll uh, wait a moment for that but uh, another good win for the padres here today and a little bit differently than they did it on monday than they did it on tuesday on monday the offense really shined 11 runs on 15 hits yesterday the bogarts two-run walk-off home run Such a well-pitched game yesterday. Blake Snell, seven no-hit innings. And here today, the pitching certainly a big part of the story. Seth Lugo giving up two early runs in the first inning, but then really settling in. Lugo ends up going six innings, just those two runs given up. And then the bullpen for the Padres was terrific in this game. Luis Garcia, a score of the seventh inning. Same thing for Scott Barlow in the eighth. And Josh Hader, his 31st save. Did have to deal with the tying run on second base and then having to deal with the very top of the Rockies lineup in Blackman and Rogers as that tying run went over to third base as well. So uh, it was uh, a tough ninth inning in that sense for Josh Hader. But uh, he does what he typically does, and that was shut the door uh, here today for the Padres as they win it three to two and how about a one-run win for the San Diego Padres as they continue to win games in ways that they've struggled in all year and you can look at the last two games in particular yesterday the Padres getting a big time swing in a big time moment from a big time player the kind of swing the kind of moment that has so often eluded this team in 2023 they got that last night and we know in one run games it has been a problem all year the Padres improved to just 7 and 22 in one run games with this win here today but hey you'll take it a one run win and the Padres are rolling they've won seven in a row I caught up with Josh Hader on the field right after he picked up the save Josh in that ninth inning tying run on second base you had to face the very top of that Rockies lineup what was the biggest key for you in getting out of that jam honestly just trying to attack attack the zone and uh you know trying to get them to hit my pitches and you know I fell behind a little bit but um you know being able to come back and attack the zone I think that was ultimately the, the goal there 
quite a couple of days for this pitching staff. What Blake did yesterday, what the bullpen did, then Seth here today, the bullpen does another great job. What's been the biggest key for this pitching staff as a whole these last couple of days? Just sticking to our strengths, mixing up, uh, and just pitching well, attacking the zone. I think that's the end of the day. Like we're getting uh, getting ahead and being able to you know throw those pitches down in the zone to to get them to chase. So I think. Um, you know, when you do good things like that, good things happen. Finally, this team has won seven games in a row. It feels like things are really starting to click. It, it seems like that watching it. Yeah, I mean, we're having fun. We've had fun all year, obviously, uh, you know, ups and downs. But, you know, at the end of the day, all we can control is to have fun, finish on a good note, and uh, let everything else take care of itself. Josh, congratulations on another save. Thanks so much. Thank you. That was Josh Hader right after the game, picking up again. Save number 31 as the Padres win it by a final score of 3-2. to two. It certainly looks like this team is having fun. They're playing with a looseness and ease that we didn't see for the first, I don't know, 130-something, 140 games. But right now the Padres playing, I think it's safe to say, by far and away, their best baseball as a team this season. Uh, they improved to a record of 13-5 and here in the month of September. So it goes back to the start of this month, and especially as of late, Padres have now won seven in a row. A lot to do on our postgame coverage. When we come back, we'll have all the radio highlights for you, recap this game in its entirety. We'll also go downstairs, hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin, plus much, much more to come. Final score here today is the Padres sweep the Rockies, the Padres three, and the Rockies. Rockies 2 postgame show continues after this on the Padres Radio Network. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to use your love tonight. Our postgame show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score here today is the Padres sweep the Rockies, their second consecutive three-game sweep. Padres three and the Rockies two. Lots of recap in this one. As we break it all down, Sam Levitt with you here at Petco Park on the Padres Radio Network. We'll hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin coming up in just a few minutes, so stay tuned for that. We'll give out our daily awards. Full out-of-town scoreboard, get to some of your phone calls. I'll take you up towards the top of the hour. That is when, and when I say top of the hour, I mean uh, about 5 p.m., around 4.45, 5 p.m., and we'll flip things over to Matt Scraby. He'll take you up until 7 p.m. But first things first, a lot to do on our post-game coverage from downtown San Diego. Let's break this one down in its entirety. Let's go through the biggest moments from today's game with our game highlights. Presented by the new El Cajon Ford Commercial Service Center. Servicing all Fords up to F-750s and motorhomes. The Rockies got to Seth Lugo early. Brendan Rodgers gave the Rockies an early lead. 36th game of the year. 1-0 pitch. Hit in the air to deep left. Soto's going back. Long way to go. On the track. At the wall. Gonna go. First of the year for Rodgers. That's got to feel good, kind of the last box that he was trying to check here. Hit a home run coming back from the shoulder injury, and the Rockies take a 1-0 lead in the first inning. 
The Rockies would collect three more singles in the inning, including an RBI infield single from Ezekiel Tovar. Colorado had a 2-0 lead. Padres got a run back in the bottom of the first inning. Xander Bogarts led off with an infield single against Chase Anderson. He stole second, went to third base on a throwing error by the catcher. Juan Soto brought in Bogarts with a ground out to make it 2-1, an RBI for Juan Soto. But then both pitchers really settled in. Seth Lugo didn't allow another hit until the fifth. Chase Anderson worked around base runners in the second, third, and fourth. He tossed the scoreless fifth inning as well. So he went to the sixth inning. Padres down 2-1. to one. Lugo got in big trouble. Runners on first and second with nobody out. Lugo then got a fly out from Sean Bouchard. Brenton Doyle was next. Pitch on the way. And Doyle hits it hard on the ground right to Bogarts. Underhand flip to second one. Batten to first. In time and a double play. Seth Lugo gets through six. No runs, two hits, and after that, one man left on base. That was it for Lugo. He was very, very good once again. Six innings, two earned runs given up, seven hits. He struck out seven, walked two, a grand total of 99 pitches. Anderson tossed the scoreless bottom of the sixth inning. In the seventh, Luis Garcia had runners on second and third with two men away, but he got out of it. Bottom seven, Padres still down two to one. Juan Soto drew a leadoff walk against Anderson. Garrett Cooper hit a one-out infield single. He was pinch run for by Trent Grisham. Bud Black then went to his bullpen and brought in Justin Lawrence. Matthew Batten laid down a beautiful bunt to load the bases. Bob Melvin then went to his bench. Instead of Brett Sullivan, he pinched it with Luis Camposano, and the bases loaded. The right-hander delivers. First pitch swinging and a little looper into shallow right. Charged by Bouchard. It's going to get down, but Soto held it third. He comes home, and he scores. It was close at home plate. Bouchard kind of deked Soto, yes, he did. and Soto thought he might catch it. So he was hanging out near third base, does beat the throw home. It was a force play, and the game is tied 2-2. Two to two. And Jesse is exactly right. It was a very close play at home. Soto would have been forced out at home had he not made it, but ends up being an RBI single. Everybody else went station to station. Another Really nice moment for Luis Campusano, and the game was tied at two. G-Man Choi then pinched it for Jose Azokar. He hit a sack fly to deep center, plenty deep enough to score Grisham from third base. Padres took a 3-2 to two lead. Then the question was, could the bullpen shut the door? Scott Barlow came on for the eighth inning. He was helped out by a great catch and right by Fernando Tatis Jr. He struck out the final batter of that eighth inning, a 1-2-3 frame. Padres still had that 3-2 lead, heading to the ninth inning. Josh Hader came on. He allowed a leadoff single to Brenton Doyle. Then Austin wins, moved Doyle over to second base with a ground ball to the left side. Charlie Blackman then hit a comebacker to the right of the mound. Hader made a really nice athletic play to leap up and get it throughout Blackman at first base. But Doyle, the tying run, went to third. So the tying run 90 feet away. Padres a 3-2 lead. Two men away in the ninth inning. The game was left up to Brendan Rodgers. Here's the pitch from Hayter. That one's muscled in the air to right. Fernando charging in. Makes a right turn. Makes the catch and the ball game is over. Josh Hayter comes on to close it out. His 31st save of the year. And the Padres have swept the Rockies. They have won seven in a row and eight of their last nine. Padres are hot.
Seven straight wins. Three to two over the Rockies here today. Final totals for San Diego. Three runs, eight hits, no errors. And for Colorado, two runs, nine hits, and one error. Padres again improved to 75 and 78. They are creeping back towards that 500 mark. And the Rockies dropped to 56 and 96. Padres have Luis Garcia pick up the win. He's now two and three. The loss goes to Chase Anderson, who actually was really good in this game, but he takes the loss, drops to 0 and 6. Josh Hader saved number 31 on the season as the Padres win a one-run game that has been a problem all season long. But wouldn't you know it, a two-run win last night, a one-run win here today. And the Padres sweep another series. They win the final meeting of this season against the Rockies, and they sweep the three-game set against Colorado. Let's go downstairs here at Petco Park and hear some post-game reaction. Let's take a trip down to the Padres clubhouse and hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin. Presented by Sinley Food. Find your next cooking adventure at Sinley Food, 4665 El Cajon Boulevard. The Cook's Asian resource. Bob, seven in a row now. It seems like everything is working out, just success breeding success right now. Yeah, I mean, well, in, in a walk-off last night, a one-run win today, next thing you know, we'll win the next training game. As far as the bottom of the lineup and guys getting the job done, nice bunt by Batten, Campy comes off the bench, Choi comes off the bench. seems like everybody's doing their job right now. Yeah, I mean, that's what you'd like to think we have the ability to do. So, you know, those aren't easy at bats. You know, that's a tough righty camp he's coming in for, doing the right thing, staying the other way, trying to keep him in the air because there's a lot of ground balls from him. Um, and then Choi just trying to get a ball in the air. So it's a nice play by their center fielder, but two really good at bats. At times we need them. You know, our pinch hit numbers have been horrible this year. So, you know, a lot of things that we have not done this year very well are showing up here and during the streak. You don't often go with the righty-righty matchup, but... You- Obviously, you have a lot of confidence in Campesano yeah. right now. He's swinging the bat great and has been, you know, so knew it was coming. And like I said, it, it's more the approach off Lawrence than anything else to, to just try to keep him in the air. And, I, you know, it's not the hardest hit ball in the world, but it's the right approach and ended up being uh, obviously a huge hit. Another nice outing for Seth. It looked like the first inning, a little bit of command issues, but settled down pretty nicely. What did you see change? Uh, you know what? I I thought his curveball was better today, too. At times, both of his breaking balls, sometimes he'd been leaving it back door to some of the lefties, not quite getting it there. So, you know, it's, I don't. there have been a few times this year where he's one hitter away from coming out, and he ends up getting a double play. So, you know, I was talking to him a little bit about that. It's kind of like that gear, that reliever gear, where, you know, you have something with guys on base to, you know, get you out of a jam, and the timeliness of it was good. What what kind of pleasure do you take in a game like this where you get to do some mixing and matching we haven't seen some of the season? I, it's what we should be able to do, and we haven't all year. I mean, the pitch, you know, there's certain you know stats, one-run games, all those things that we have not done well this year, and pinch hitting is another one. So it was nice that guys were, were ready for the at-bats and, and came through. What is your perspective on this seven-game win streak? There's nine games remaining. You you know the math. What's your perspective on this? Our perspective is, I think our our mentality right now is pretty good, and that we're you know you we're in one of those streaks where you just feel like you're going to win. You, you, when you're behind, you feel like you're going to come back. We haven't been able to have one of those this year, and we're in that right now. So I think that's just what we're focused on. Is any part of you wondering what if this just had come a little bit sooner? Not right now. I mean, I get asked that a lot, so I, 
I have to answer it, but I try not to to think about it too much. To get the late game execution, that's kind of what you've been missing in those spots. Correct. Like the seventh inning today is something that hasn't happened a lot this season. Is there anything specific that that triggered that that allowed that to happen there, or is it just it just happened today? Just ha- like, is there anything that triggered this win streak? Is there, you know, walk off last night, one run? I, I I wish I could tell you. If I did have that recipe for you, we'd probably have a better record. What happened with Sander in the bottom of the eighth? Just a cramp. Yeah, yeah. At least we got Kimmy's heartbeat going a little bit. Yeah. What well, what is? I think he'll be able to play after the off day. He responded pretty well. He took some ground balls. He was moving around today. If I had to use him in, uh, you know, an emergency, if somebody got hurt, then I was able to. So, going in the right direction with him. Was there ever any official word on? What was I think going? still, we still not not really sure. That was Bob Melvin from down by the clubhouse here at Petco Park following this 3-2 win for the Padres against the Colorado Rockies. Sam Levitt with you on our postgame coverage from inside the loft here at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park. A lot to dive into there from what Bob Melvin had to say, and we told you this pregame, Hassan Kim was out on the field before today's game taking ground balls, so... Sounds like there's a pretty good chance he may be back in the lineup on Friday as they still try to figure out what was causing uh, that abdominal pain that has now caused him to miss four straight games. And hopefully with the off day, uh, hopefully he's ready to go for Friday. And and good to hear with Xander Bogarts, it was just a a cramp. So that should be no big deal for Xander, who, oh, by the way, continues to just be tremendous in the month of September. He had three more hits today and a run scored, and he's just putting the ball in play and uh, he's been very, very good as of late. We've, we've read off the numbers uh, earlier today on the pregame. We'll dive a little bit deeper into that later. We'll also dive into what Seth Lugo did today because you heard Bob Melvin talk about it there. Lugo giving up the two early runs and then really settling in in the second, third, fourth. He got in trouble in the fifth inning, able to get out of it, and then he got in a big jam in the sixth inning, 2-1, and nobody out got out of it. We'll dive a little bit deeper into what he did and what he continues to do, the consistency of his season for the most part, a little bit later here in the postgame coverage. What I do want to dive into right now is the seventh inning because there are so many examples in that inning of the Padres doing the little things well to win a baseball game, to win a one-run game. And you heard Bob Melvin allude to it. Right now, this team is doing things they've struggled to do for the most part this season. And it's a big part of why they've won seven in a row. It's a big part of why they've now played much better baseball over the last couple of weeks. They are doing some things that they really struggle to do throughout the majority of this season. And yes, of course, it does make you wonder and, you know, just kind of... I don't know if angry is the right word, but just say, man, what if this had happened just a month ago, just even a few weeks ago, if they could have found this, what they're doing right now, the looseness, the ease, everything we're seeing, uh, and this team really clicking on all cylinders in a way they have not clicked all year, now, is what it is. It's happened when it's happened, and um, unfortunately, the the clock is ticking on this season in, in all likelihood, barring some sort of miracle. Uh, It's likely happened too late. But let's talk about that seventh inning. Juan Soto draws a walk. This is against Chase Anderson, the starter for Colorado. Manny Machado flies out. Infield single. 
for Garrett Cooper to put runners on first and second base. Uh, Trent Grisham ends up pinch running for Cooper. Then a pitching change. Justin Lawrence, right-hander, comes in for Colorado. Matthew Batten lays down a bunt, a really good one, well executed, bases loaded. After that, Padres go to Luis Camposano. Now keep in mind, Brett Sullivan, the starter, is a lefty. It's a righty and Lawrence on the mound. So Bob Melvin said, I don't care about righty-lefty. I'm going righty-righty because this guy, Luis Camposano, continues to hit the ball well, a, a, a great approach at the plate. And would you believe it? Luis Camposano did it again. Not trying to do too much, just flares one into right field, RBI base hit, game is tied at two. That was another extremely impressive moment for Luis Camposano. It's something we've talked about a lot the last week or two. For Luis, it's it's not just the power that is really impressive right now. It is the approach. It's the two-strike approach. It's the ability to put the ball in play, not try to do too much in spots where you can drive in runs, and he continues to do that at a really high level. And then Bob Melvin pinch hits with G-Man Choi, who, by the way, still doesn't have a hit in a Padre uniform, but a spot with the bases loaded, the go-ahead run 90 feet away, you don't need a base hit. You need a fly ball deep enough. Choi sent one all the way towards the warning track in center. Doyle made a good play on it to make the catch, but plenty deep enough to get that go-ahead run in, and the Padres take a 3-2 to two lead. So there are examples all over the place in that inning of the Padres doing things and especially in two back-to-back pinch hit appearances which you heard there from Bob Melvin is something that this team has struggled with all year but they had back-to-back pinch hit appearances by Camposano and Choi that were absolutely critical in that seventh inning so look do you wish this had come a month ago two months ago three months ago obviously absolutely It is what it is. It's happening right now. And the bottom line is that they are certainly doing a lot of things throughout this seven-game win streak that they didn't do well early in the season. Really not early in the season for the majority of this season, really until a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it's showing in the games they're winning. It's showing in the types of games they're winning. The 2-0 win yesterday, a walk-off win on a Bogarts home run. Their first walk-off win since April. A one-run win here today. We know that's been a category that has caused this team so much trouble here in 2023. And like Bob Melvin sort of joked about at the start of the press conference, what's next? An extra inning win? Something the Padres haven't done this year. But you kind of get the feeling next time they go to extra innings, well, you feel way, way better about it right now than you did a month ago, right? Because they're doing little things executionally to win baseball games right now. So, again, does it erase the first 140 games or so? It does not. The record still is what it is. Three games below 500, even after a seven-game win streak. But you hope they continue to build. You hope it's something to, and we talked about this earlier in the pregame with Tony, you know, you hope it's something that they can build on, maybe even heading into the off season and, and heading into next spring training, finding ways to win, building an identity as a team, kind of, you know, getting some of these things out of their system that have, that have really plagued this team all year. So anyway, a lot of thoughts there on what Bob Melvin had to say, but another really good win for the Padres here today. They didn't need to do a whole lot offensively. They just had to find a way to execute in a big spot in the seventh inning. 
and they did that here today. We'll step aside here on the Padres Radio Network. When we come back, we will dive into what Seth Lugo did here today. We'll continue to give out our daily awards, full out-of-town scoreboard. We'll revisit my conversation with Josh Hader coming up in a little bit as well. And we will take some of your phone calls, 833-288-0973. Again, the phone number, 833-288-0973. If you want to get involved that way, we'll take some phone calls, and we will take you up until probably about 445 towards 5 p.m. That's when we'll flip things over to Matt Scraby. He'll take you till 7 here on 97.3 The Fan. Padres postgame show continues when we come back to Petco Park on the Padres Radio Network. Our postgame show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score here today, Padres 3 and the Rockies 2. Sam Levitt with you inside the loft here at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park. Everybody has left the building. Now just me and you on the radio side of things. Again, we'll take you up until about 4.45, 5 p.m. Then we'll uh, flip things over to Matt Scraby. He'll take you up until 7 p.m. here tonight. I'm sure talking plenty of Padres and everything going on in the wide world of sports, including football. I know Scraby loves the NFL and football, so uh, he'll have everything for you. But we've got a lot to do still on our postgame show here from downtown San Diego. Padres win it 3-2 to two over the Colorado Rockies. If you want to get involved in the second half of our postgame show, as usual, you can call us 833-288-0973. We'd love to hear your thoughts about today's game, what the Padres are doing right now. And uh, would also encourage you, if you want to chime in on social media, you can do that. Tweet at me at Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. Instagram DMs open as well. Sammy Lev there too, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. We've got a tweet here from Reed. Reed saying, where were these guys during the season? I'm glad they've, uh, they're going out with a bang, but still, really? Reed, look, I, I mentioned it earlier. Um, <laughs> I-, I wish I had a better answer. Uh, yeah, y- you wish it would have happened not even you know, two months ago, even just a month ago, would have made such a big difference if this team could have found this kind of rhythm, this type of consistency. Um, I think the, the, the phrase we're, we're looking for right now, and a phrase we use throughout the season, was was clicking, right? Clicking on, uh, clicking on all cylinders. That was the phrase we used throughout the first 130, 140 games. This team had such a hard time clicking on all cylinders at once. You know, getting everything together. The timing just wasn't there. Reed, I, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I wish, you know, this would have happened a little while ago. It is what it is, though. Uh, it's happening right now, and certainly uh, you'd rather them finish like this and continue to win baseball games than the other way. And it's something, again, I talked about with Tony Gwynn Jr. on the pregame today. Look, there's an entire offseason between now and first pitch in 2024, spring training 2024 but the bottom line is this despite the fact that there will be a lot of new faces on this team in 2024 with free agency all the decisions the Padres have to make in the rotation the guy talked with on the field after the game Josh Hader is going to be a free agent maybe some of the faces return maybe some don't the core pieces of this team Manny Machado Fernando Tatis Jr. Xander Bogarts who's been so terrific lately Juan Soto in all likelihood those guys and a lot of other pieces in this lineup are going to be back. So 
the point is you hope that maybe you shake off a lot of what really hurt this team for most of the season. Maybe you can build a little momentum. Remember what this felt like. You know, that cohesiveness that has seemingly been lacking all year, right? From a, we, we've, we saw flashes of what this team could be, but it was never for an extended stretch. That's the hope. So, look, I understand if you're out there and you're saying, man, where was this? Where was this a month ago? Where was this two months ago? I get it. I do. But they do deserve credit for what they're doing right now and the way they're playing right now. And they're they're very, you know, very easy to see that there is a looseness, uh, a level of fun this team is having playing together right now. You can see it. You, you really can. And I'm not somebody who just says that to say it. You really can see it right now with the way they're playing, uh, the way they're scoring runs, the way they're just executing in ways that – uh, they had trouble doing earlier this year. So we'll continue to talk about that and uh, continue uh, to talk about this seven-game win streak for the Padres. Let's tell you about our ace pitcher of the game. Which pitcher was dealing today? Let's find out who's today's ace pitcher of the game. Brought to you by the Grilling Store at Hillcrest Ace Hardware. From Traeger and Weber to the Big Green Egg. All your grilling and barbecue needs are inside the Grilling Store at Hillcrest Ace Hardware. Our ace pitcher of the game, Seth Lugo. Six innings, two earned runs given up, seven hits, walked two, struck out seven, 99 pitches for Lugo, and he did a really good job in this game settling in gave up the two early runs the home run by rogers ends up giving up uh, three singles in that first inning after that as the rockies took a two nothing lead but to seth's credit he settled in in a big way one two three second one two three third lead off walk in the fourth worked around it one out walk a two out double in the fifth inning worked around it and then it the, the big jam he got into, again, with the Padres still at that point trailing 2-1. to one. Back-to-back singles by McMahon and Tovar in the sixth inning. That set the table uh, for Sean Bouchard, who flew out, and then Brenton Doyle grounded into a 6-4-3 double play to end the inning. So that was a big moment where this game you know, wouldn't have got out of hand, but the, lo- uh, the, the lead certainly could have widened. Uh, for the uh, for the Rockies, if they get a base hit there, and, and Lugo really bared down, and again, after giving up two very early runs in this game, you look up at the final line, six innings, two runs allowed, seven hits, walked two, struck out seven on a grand total of 99 pitches. So a quality start for Seth Lugo. He continues, for the most part, to be very, very impressive. And when you assess Lugo's season, aside from the quality of the work just as far as run prevention ERA's got a 379 ERA in 25 starts for a guy you know a back end of your rotation this season that's great um the innings pitched that that's the number right now because you look at what he did before this season you know he threw 101 plus innings in 2017 and 2018 those were very different years 2017 he made 18 starts, one relief appearance. So he was a, a starter in 2017 for the Mets. 2018, made a handful of starts, but he made 54 appearances that season. He was primarily a reliever, ended up throwing more than 100 innings. But then 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, 
He never threw more than 80 innings in any of those seasons. And by the way, the last two seasons for Seth Lugo, full years, not 2020, 46 appearances in 2021, 62 appearances in 2022. He did not start a single game in the last two seasons entering this one. So when you consider that, the fact that Seth Lugo has 25 starts, he's thrown way more innings than he's ever thrown in his career, it's really impressive, and it's a credit to Seth Lugo. It, it really is, beyond just the quality of the work, just the, the pure workload. And, yeah, he had the calf injury, which sidelined him for a bit and maybe saved some innings, but to Seth's credit, from the start of spring training, he was not worried, and he was very consistent about not making a big deal out of the innings. It was something that, you know, he, he really brushed away immediately from the first time you know you were talking to him in spring training and and you could just tell he was not concerned about an innings limit and he was just going to pitch and you know let's see how it all plays out well to his credit i mean there's a there's a chance he can end up with 150 or just the tad below 150 innings in 26 27 starts so it's been a really nice year for Seth Lugo. Had that tougher outing in Houston a couple of starts ago, but for the most part, uh, you know, whatever the expectations were you had uh, for Seth Lugo, t- to me, he's, I mean, he's exceeded them. And again, it's not just about the quality. It's about just the workload, the number of innings. And this is a guy who did not start a single game the last two seasons before 2023. So very impressive for Seth Lugo. And here today, the way he was able to settle in after giving up the early runs. And always for Lugo, the way he's able to mix up uh, that that wide uh, variety of pitches he throws. And uh, good job by Seth Lugo here today. No doubt our ace pitcher of the game. We'll step aside here on the Padres Radio Network, give out more of our daily awards when we come back. We will squeeze in some phone calls, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. If you want to get involved that way, talk about today's game. And again, we'll flip things over to Matt Scraby coming up around 445, 5 p.m. I'll decide when we're going to give it to Scraby after our post-game coverage. Our post-game show continues from Petco Park after this on the Padres Radio Network. Our post-game show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Sam Levitt with you inside the loft here at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park as we wrap this one up. Final score here today, Padres 3 and the Rockies 2 as the Padres secure a second straight three-game sweep. They've now won seven in a row. The Padres are hot. How about that? Finally, here in 2023, Padres improved to 75 and 78 with the win. Rockies dropped to 56 and 96. Those Rockies are going to try uh, try to avoid uh, losing 100 games. We'll see if they can do it. Might be difficult uh, with uh, still a handful of games left to play, but the Padres continue to creep towards that 500 mark. We will get some of your phone calls here coming up. 833-288-0973. The phone number if you want to get involved. 833-288-0973. I know we have some people waiting on hold already, so hang with us for a second. We'll get to you in just a minute or two. First, let's tell you about our relief pitcher of the game. 
which pitcher was able to come in and slam the door shut. It's time for the game in support of the Jacobs and Cushman San Diego Food Bank, providing food assistance to local children, families, and seniors in need. To get help or give help, visit SanDiegoFoodBank.org. Our relief pitcher of the game, Scott Barlow. I think pretty simple here today. He continues, and I feel like it's really kind of an an under-the-radar story for this team right now. He's been really good lately. Like, really, really good. Scott Barlow here today. A 1-2-3 inning with a strikeout, 12 pitches. Easy. Set up Josh Hader, who picks up the save in a one-run game. So for that reason, Scott Barlow, our relief pitcher of the game. But even beyond what he did here today, Barlow now, going back to August 11th, so this is more than a month, an 0470 ERA in 16 appearances. His last 16 appearances, 19 innings and a third. He struck out 23, walked five, 10 hits given up. He's given up just one earned run in those 16 appearances. A 156 opponent batting average, 078 whip in those appearances. A lot of numbers there for you, but bottom line, Barlow after sort of an up and down start to his Padre tenure after the trade from Kansas City, he's really settled in. And I mean that's that's really important. And it's important for a couple of reasons. Not only because of, of what he's doing right now for this team in the midst of a win streak and a good month of September, but don't forget Scott Barlow. Is not a free agent until the end of next season. He will be on this team in 2024. And that was part of the reason when the Padres traded for him from Kansas City that I think a lot of us really liked the deal because he had been really, really successful for Kansas City for a while. He had a, a bit of a tougher start to the season this year for Kansas City. But you go back and you look at what he's done in his career. He had a 2180 RA in 69 appearances in 2022, 242 ERA in 71 appearances in 2021. So you know for Scott Barlow, that level of performance, it's in there. And he's in your bullpen next year. So when we talk about people like Hader who are free agents, I mean the good news is we'll see what happens with Hader and free agency and and you know if these these are the last handful of games he plays in a Padre uniform. Could be, depending on what happens. But the fact that you've got Barlow, who's now starting to pick up steam again and has pitched really well, and today in particular, and as of late in particular, has looked really, really sharp, that is, I think, a, a pretty major development for that Padres bullpen. So again, the record isn't what you thought it would be here on September 20th. We all understand that. But there are a lot of good things happening right now for this team at the very end of the year again do you wish it would have happened a while ago of course but there are some good things that i i don't think you can ignore happening and i think scott barlow is right in there uh in that mix of of guys who are performing really well and it gives you i think some confidence uh going into next year with somebody like scott barlow so good job by him here today and the padres go on to win it three to two Before we get to your phone calls, let's quickly tell you about our player of the game. Which player had the biggest impact on today's game? Let's find out who is today's player of the game. Presented by Valley View Casino and Hotel. Catch every game at Patties and Pints. Plus, enjoy $4 beer every Thursday. Visit ValleyViewCasino.com today. Player of the game 
here on the Padres Radio Network. This is a tough one today, it is, because offensively, I don't know that anybody stood out above the rest. I mean, Xander Bogarts did have three hits. Garrett Cooper did have a couple of hits. Hmm. You give Lugo ace pitcher, that's what that is for. I'll tell you what. I'm almost tempted to give it to Luis Camposano for the RBI single and a pinch hit appearance. How big was that? And then it allowed the Padres after that to take the lead. I'm giving it to Luis Camposano. And you know what? I'm not going to apologize for it. Luis Camposano for that pinch hit appearance. The RBI single to tie the game. A guy who saw one pitch in this game. He swung at the first pitch. Got a sinker from Justin Lawrence and just flicked it out into right field again another prime example of Luis not trying to do too much another good piece of hitting really impressed in so many ways lately for that Luis Camposano our player of the game gotta be here today and he deserves it done some very good things lately for this ball club another fine moment for Luis Camposano this time in a pinch hit appearance here today. All right, let's uh, get some phone calls before we go to break. 833-288-0973, the phone number to call. Let's lead things off in the post-game show this afternoon with Kelly calling in from San Diego. Kelly, you're on the Padres Radio Network. How are you? Good, Sammy. How you doing? I'm doing well. Can you hear me? Day. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. We got you. Okay. I have an actual, like, ball-related technical, like I've been sitting here while I've been on hold running the numbers. But um, mm-hmm. before that, I just want to thank you for staying so positive on the fans and everything. Because I was there the last two nights of a season ticket holder. And what we're hearing about all the, the, a lot of negativity we've had this week about the players and everything, I don't really care if they like each other or not in private. <laughs> when they're out on the field, they look like a team. And they look mm-hmm. like they're trying. There were times, I'll admit, when you were like, you could at least look bad, like you feel sorry when you just struck out again. And there were times mm-hmm. when I got mad too. But they ha- I've never given up hope on them. I've never thought that they totally threw it in. And, and what we're getting now is what Bob said all along. They're going to go on the run anytime. And the bottom line is, if you love baseball, we've had good games. It's not, I mean, Monday night was a little boring, actually, but until the end. But <laughs> But, I mean, that's baseball. But for the most part, it's not like – I mean, think about if you were, like, living in Oakland, which I did for a long time. It's, mm-hmm. You know, some teams are really boring. And we've had a great run the last few years. So, just saying, thank you for <laughs> staying positive and letting people who don't go to the games know that you should go to a game because even when we're losing, <laughs> it's been great. It's been fun. Okay, so yeah. now here's the actual question. Mm-hmm, um, I said I didn't know, but I actually have some numbers for you now. Uh-huh. We have a pretty push schedule. We're playing the Giants, who are above mm-hmm. us, but barely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then um, St. Louis, and then the Sox. And they're all below us. Not all, but both. And then you look at who's above us, and they've got a fairly difficult schedule the next few days. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I didn't get, if you put me on hold another hour, I would have had the whole stats for you. <laughs> what do you think? I know they're saying technically someone yesterday said it was like a 2% chance. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. if you've been there last night and the night before, you would say it feels like a lot better than that. And yeah. looking at who we have to play and the fact that like, oh, well, you only beat Oakland and Colorado. Well, yeah. Have you been watching all year? Because it didn't matter if we were playing the Dodgers or the Rockies. We played the same crappy way. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so the fact that we beat the Rockies 
it's no, it's no worse than if we beat the Dodgers last night because it was how we were playing, not how they were playing, you know? Right, right. yeah. No, Kelly, yeah. I, I get so, you. So, thoughts yeah, on they, that. Yeah, thank you for the phone call, Kelly, and, and uh, you made a lot of good points there. Look, number one, I'm, I'm happy you're enjoying the run, okay? Again, does it erase everything that happened over the course of the last four or five months? Of course not. But, yeah, look, they're playing clearly their best baseball of the year. Now, it's come a little bit later than you wanted, but they are doing it, which I suppose does count for something. Um, look. Here are the numbers coming into today, Kelly. They were five and a half games out of a playoff spot with just 10 games left to play. Four teams to pass. Miami, Cincinnati, San Francisco, and Chicago. According to fan graphs, entering today, their playoff chances were at 0.2%. That's not 2%. That's 0.2%. 0.2%. So, like, I, I don't want to get crazy and start saying <laughs> there's there's a realistic chance here. You are correct, Kelly, in the sense that They've got an, you know, a soft schedule. St. Louis has struggled all year. They're coming in for three Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The Giants are not playing all that well. They're dropping in the wild card standings right now, but you're right. They're ahead of the Padres, the White Sox for three. They have not been good all year. Look, I, I, I think, you know, I, I can't possibly sit here and say with where they at that it's realistic. Is there, you know, it would take a miracle of sorts. Um, but look, the, the way I would look at it, uh, Kelly is you control what you can control at this point and the only thing this team can control is the games they play and continuing to play at this level again I you know keep doing what you're doing and maybe it won't all be for naught maybe there is something to pull away heading into next year again there's a long time between now and then and so many things that could happen between now and spring training 2024 okay but you hope maybe you can pull away some things. So I would control what you can control. And to your point on the fans, like I talked about it yesterday, I talked about it earlier this week as they set a new attack record, and I'm not just saying it. Look, it's been tremendous all year. The fans have done everything in their power to support this team this season, and they deserve so much credit for that. And, hey, you've only got three more games here left in the regular season, and I promise you, I promise you, come December, come January, You'll be you'll be revved up again for Padre baseball and, and you know, so excited to get back here. So, you know, hopefully the weather's good this weekend and uh, I would encourage you to, to come on out, you know, and, and enjoy it one final time. These days are precious. These seasons are precious as we know. So, um, you know, come on out and, and enjoy the ballpark and, and enjoy a team that is, is playing as well as they have all year. Has it come a lot later than what you hoped? Absolutely. Um, but... Try to enjoy it for three more days against the St. Louis Cardinals. That would be uh, my uh, my piece of advice to you. And uh, again, they're they're playing good baseball. Okay, is it is it you know does it erase everything? No, obviously not. But it's good to see, and at least it's more fun, right? No doubt about that. Let's go to Vista. It's Rena calling in. Hello, Rena. How are you? Hey, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just coming from the game. Actually, I came. I was oh, up cool. Today. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And and I, 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 everything, everything you've said and everything Kelly said and everything is, I, I completely agree. Although I'm kind of going into withdrawals. I'm, I'm dreading the last game because I go to every game, every home game. And so um, I'm, I'm dreading it, but I'm nervous about next season because the one, the one thing that keeps me kind of like losing sleep a little bit is Snell. I'm really worried about Snell. I think he's been a, mm-hmm. an outstanding pitcher 
um, even last season, but this season's just been amazing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they don't pick him up, I, I would really hate for this team to go against him next, you know, at, against at any other team. And I think that he's worth keeping. I think he's been his performance has been just stellar. And he, not only that, he's just like a really great – he seems like a really great guy. So – uh, fan favorite, and so that's the one thing I'm really nervous about. Like that, mm-hmm. I really think whatever decisions they make, um, in you know, in the in the winter, um, they'll make those decisions. But I'm just, I, if they let Snell go, it's going to be really, really sad. I think really mm-hmm. a mistake. Yeah, Rena, look uh, and appreciate the phone call and and uh, solid observation. Look, Blake has been terrific. Okay, he he. If he needed a statement performance beyond what he did last week in L.A., my goodness, did he have it yesterday. Seven no-hit innings. He was as good as he's looked all year. He was dominant. And he is on just an unbelievable run since late May. I mean, Blake Snell became the first pitcher in Major League history after last night to have a 21-start stretch with a 1-2-3 ERA, 64 or fewer hits allowed, and at least 173 strikeouts. And he's posted those marks now in 21 starts since May 31st. Okay, he's got, you know, by far now, I don't know by far, but he's got by quite a bit the lowest DRA in Major League Baseball. He continues to prevent teams at scoring runs, forget about the walks. Looks, it's part of what he's done, but it has not mattered, the fact that he's walked people. And last night, he was as good as he's been all year. And it was a statement performance. And to me, Blake Snell, as long as he pitches pretty well, the final couple of outings, to me, Blake Snell, he secured that Cy Young last night. I'll say it. I mean, to me, as long as he he is just solid and avoids, you know, a disaster of an outing these next couple, and my goodness, he's not shown any signs of of doing something like that. You never know, but he he just hasn't. He's been that good. To me, I mean, that was the game last night where it's like, hey, I'm taking this thing. And you look at the list of pitchers that have won a Cy Young in both leagues. Here's the list. Okay, just, to, just to give you an idea of how rare company Blake Snell will join if he wins the NL Cy Young. Remember, he won the AL Cy Young in 2018. These are the, 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 the pitchers that have done it. Gaylord Perry, Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, Roger Clemens, Roy Halladay, and Max Scherzer. That's it. Yeah, that's the company that he will put himself in. So... You know, look, it's it's a fair point. Um, he's been terrific, and and I guess to your to your you know kind of main point there, Rena, I kind of you know waxed poetic there about Blake Snell, rightfully so. But look, he's going to get a lot of money from somebody. Is that going to be the San Diego Padres? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, this is a team that spent a lot of money the last handful of years. Um, I don't know what that deal looks like for Snell. I mean, I thought for a while maybe the Carlos Rodon deal last season, which I'd have to look up exactly what he got again, um, and I'll tell you here in a second, was kind of a, a similar type situation. You could see Rodon signed with the Yankees this past off season for six years, 162. I mean, after this year, could Blake get more than that? Maybe. Maybe. Are we looking at something that's more like 180? More than that? Maybe. It's hard to tell, and it depends what the market is, right? So, um, look, he's going to get a big deal from somebody. And to your point, Rena, look, I understand your concern about this rotation heading into 2024. It's not just about Snell because the Padres, remember, 
have to make a decision on Michael Waka, who first has a team option, and if the Padres don't pick up the team options, then he has a player option. Seth Lugo has a player option for next season, so he can go into free agency next season. Uh, Nick Martinez, the Padres have a, a, a team option on him first. So they got to make decisions with those options. Lugo has to make a decision about free agency, and with the way he's pitched, I would imagine he can get more years and more money than what he's guaranteed next year. I'd be somewhat surprised at this point if Lugo didn't enter free agency and test out what he can get. And, of course, Blake Snell. So there are a number of guys who have done a lot of good things for this pitching staff this year that are at the moment not necessarily guaranteed to be here. Look, it's it's part of building a roster, and it's part of when you sign some of the deals. The Padres have signed guys like Waka, Lugo, Martinez, too, with the options. You know, this is some of what comes with it, the year-to-year somewhat uncertainty and decision-making you have to go through. Um, and to their credit, guys like Waka and Lugo – uh, and Snell certainly as well. Look, they, they've they've pitched really well, and they've they've made these decisions. You know, ones that the Padres really have to consider. And they've look to their credit, they've they've done a really good job. And um, look, this pitching staff, the starting rotation, as we know, all year has been uh, has been great. The starting rotation, it really has all year, despite the record being what it is. All right, good call there, and uh, we'll get back to uh, maybe another phone call or two after this break. We'll also take a full look at the out-of-town scoreboard, hear our play of the game, and uh, quickly replay my conversation with Josh Hader down on the field right after the game, then flip things over to Matt Scraby here in just a little bit towards the very top of the hour. Final score, Padres 3, Rockies 2. Post-game show continues when we come back on the Padres Radio Network. Our postgame show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score here today, Padres 3, Rockies 2. Sam Levitt with you here inside the loft at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park. As we wrap this one up, we'll flip things over to Matt Scraby. He'll have much more taking you up until 7 p.m. We'll get to him in just a little bit here on the uh, Padres Radio Network. 97-3, the fan, as the Padres win a seventh consecutive game. They sweep the Colorado Rockies. After sweeping the Oakland A's, after winning two out of three from the L.A. Dodgers, Padres have also won eight of nine, and they improved to 13-5 and five here in the month of September. Finally playing the brand of baseball that we had all waited so long for. It's yeah, come a little bit later than when you would have hoped, but it is happening right now, and they're playing as well and as cohesively as we've seen all year, certainly. We will squeeze in another phone call or two, and so we'll get to those in just a couple of minutes. First, let's take a quick look at the full out-of-town scoreboard, what's going on around the major leagues. Let's go around Major League Baseball and take a look at the scores you need to know from across the country. This is the out-of-town scoreboard presented by Jensen Meat, where great taste meets integrity. Locally produced in San Diego since 1958. Full look at what's going on around the major leagues today. We already have a number of finals. Diamondbacks beat the Giants 7-1 in Arizona. Corbin Carroll, Cattell Marte had back-to-back home runs in that game. Mariners beat the A's 6-3 in Oakland. 
Julio Rodriguez, Cal Raleigh had home runs in that game for Seattle. Royals beat the Guardians 6-2 in Kansas City. Nelson Velasquez, a three-run home run for KC. Astros beat the Orioles 2-1 in Houston. Mauricio Dubon walked it off in that game for the Astros in the bottom half of the ninth inning. Dubon won it with an RBI single for the Strohs. Rangers beat up on the Red Sox 15-5 in Arlington. Nationals beat the White Sox 13-3 in D.C. Lane Thomas grand slam in that game for the Nats. Twins beat the Reds 5-3 in Cincinnati earlier today. Jorge Polanco, a couple of RBIs in that game for Minnesota. Phillies beat the Braves in 10, 6-5. That was in Atlanta. Nick Castellanos had a couple of home runs in that game. Game's going on right now. Angels ahead of the Rays, 6-1 in Tampa Bay in the fourth inning. Mets ahead of the Marlins, 3-0 in Miami in the fourth. Blue Jays beat the Yankees 1-0, or should say beating the Yankees 1-0 in New York in the third. Pirates and the Cubs are scoreless in the first inning in Chicago. Brewers and the Cardinals in the first inning in St. Louis scoreless there as well. One game yet to begin. The Tigers in L.A. taking on the Dodgers at 7-10. And that's a full look at the out-of-town scoreboard. Again, phone number to call if you want to squeeze one in, 833-288-0973. Let's hear our play of the game. What was the crucial play that helped decide the outcome of today's game? This is the play of the game. Presented by Bill Howe Plumbing, Heating and Air, Flood and Restoration. Because we know how. Right-hander delivers. First pitch swinging and a little looper into shallow right. Charged by Bouchard. It's going to get down, but... Soto held it third, he comes home, and he scores. It was close at home plate. Bouchard kind of deked Soto. Yes, he did. And Soto thought he might catch it. So he was hanging out near third base. Does beat the throw home. It was a force play. And the game is tied 2-2. Two to two. Our play of the game, the Louis. Excuse me, Luis Campusano, RBI single to tie the game. He saw one pitch from Justin Lawrence, and he delivered an RBI single to tie the game at two. G-Man Choi, Zach Fly in the seventh inning to give the Padres a 3-2 lead, and the bullpen did the rest. Josh Hader picking up his 31st save of the season, and that was that. But Luis Camposano, to me, as far as big hits in this game, even though he saw one pitch, a pinch hit appearance, He's our player of the game for that game-tying RBI single, and we talked about it a while ago, but again, in that seventh inning, there were just some very little things that the Padres did very, very well in that inning. Uh, Camposano, big pinch hit, Choi, lifting the ball deep into the outfield, plenty good enough to get the run in. Again, those are the types of spots the Padres have struggled in so often this season, but they did the type of things that it takes to win a one-run game here today and the Padres got a walk-off win yesterday one run win here today and uh, who knows maybe an, an extra inning win coming up here at some point before the year is out we heard Bob Melvin allude to that earlier and if you missed Bob Melvin's post-game press conference you can also uh, always uh, listen back to it on the Inside San Diego Baseball podcast before we go let's hear my conversation with Josh Hader after he picked up save number 31 
It uh, wasn't a fully clean inning for Josh Hader. Did give up a leadoff single to Brenton Doyle. Doyle would be on second base with one out, third base with two men away, the top of the order in Charlie Blackman and Brendan Rogers. He had to face them with that tying run in scoring position. So it was uh, a tense ninth inning for Josh Hader in a one-run game. He got the job done. I caught up with Josh Hader right after the game. Josh, in that ninth inning, tying run on second base, you had to face the very top of that Rockies lineup. What was the biggest key for you in getting out of that jam? Honestly, just trying to attack, attack the zone and, uh, you know, trying to get them to hit my pitches. And, you know, I fell behind a little bit, but, um, you know, being able to come back and attack the zone, I think that was ultimately the, the goal there. Quite a couple of days for this pitching staff. What Blake did yesterday with the bullpen did, then Seth here today, the bullpen does another great job. What's been the biggest key for this pitching staff as a whole these last couple of days? Just sticking to our strengths, mixing up, uh, and just pitching well, attacking the zone. I think that's the end of the day. Like we're getting uh, getting ahead and being able to you know throw those pitches down in the zone to to get them to chase. So I think. Um, you know, when you do good things like that, good things happen. Finally, this team has won seven games in a row. It feels like things are really starting to click. It, it seems like that watching it. Yeah, I mean, we're having fun. We've had fun all year, obviously, uh, you know, ups and downs. But, you know, at the end of the day, all we can control is to have fun, finish on a good note, and uh, let everything else take care of itself. Josh, congratulations on another save. Thanks so much. Thank you. That was Josh Shader right after the game, shutting the door. 31st save of the year as the Padres win this ball game 3-2, their seventh consecutive win, a sweep of the Colorado Rockies. All right, they're telling me i got to wrap up, so we'll get it to Matt Scraby here at the very top of the hour, and uh, he'll take more of your phone calls at 833-288-0973. I'm just kidding. Nobody's telling me to wrap up, but it is time to wrap up. we got to get it to Scraby. Got to get it to Scraby. All right. Taking a look at Friday, day off tomorrow. Nice uh, little home day off for the Padres tomorrow. Back at it, final series of the season here at Petco Park. Friday, Saturday, Sunday against the St. Louis Cardinals. First pitch on Friday in the series opener at 6.40. Eco Water SoCal Padres pregame show will begin at 5.40. Right-hander Matt Waldron on the mound for the Padres Friday. It'll be right-hander Dakota Hudson on the mound for St. Louis. Again, first pitch at 6.40. And our pregame coverage begins from Petco Park at 5.40. Taking a look at the final totals in this ball game here today. For the Padres, three runs, eight hits, no errors. They left on four. For the Rockies, two runs, nine hits, one error. They left on nine. Winning pitcher Luis Garcia, who improves to two and three. Losing pitcher Chase Anderson, who drops to 0 and six. And the save goes to Josh Hader, his 31st of the season. Time of game, two hours and 26 minutes. And the crowd on this Wednesday afternoon here in downtown San Diego, 35,000. 479. As always, if you missed any of our post-game show, you can listen back to all of it on the Inside San Diego Baseball Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. For our great studio coordinator, Frank Marchese, I'm Sam Levitt saying so long from Petco Park. Again, the final score here today, the San Diego Padres 3 and the Colorado Rockies 2. Matt Scraby coming up next. We'll talk to you on Friday on the Padres Radio Network.